Sin Media acknowledges and pays respect to the people of the Woiwurrung and Boonwurrung language groups of the Eastern Kulin Nations, on whose unceded lands the Sin Studio stand. Sin extends this respect to the traditional custodians and people of the lands and waters our content reaches. It always was, and always will be, Aboriginal land. We have Alicia Ray. Alicia, how are you going? Good, thanks. How are you? Good, good. Uh, yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, Alicia is an uh, incredible R&B artist creating very kind of like soul-driven stuff here in the city. Has been based kind of all around the world, I would say, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's come back to the hometown here. Thanks for coming on to Soul Food. Thanks for having me. No worries. So yeah, I guess to kick it off, I really want to ask about kind of what your journey to the Sounds of Soul was. So, like, what did you listen to growing up and kind of just what made you want to work within the genre you do now? Yeah, so I think growing up I listened to a lot of what my parents were listening to and my mum was the one that was putting on a lot of the, you know, classic 2000s R&B kind of stuff. She listened to a lot of, like, the 90s boy bands as well, which kind of have some of that influence R&B with a drizzle of pop kind of style. And the girl groups as well, like Destiny's Child, TLC, those kind of sounds, I think inform a lot of what I make now. especially with the latest two singles just always having kind of that female empowering driven thing with the backing vocals and in terms of soul as well she would listen to kind of informed from what her parents were listening to was kind of like the Stevie Wonder those kinds of really old soul stuff which I think also informs the way I write for sure. Yeah, nice. It's a real um, kind of lineage there from from old soul to the 90s R&B. That's great. Um, and yeah, like you said, like Bless has so many of those those great kind of elements of that that sound, especially from the like '90s, early 2000s mm-hmm. R&B. The powerhouse vocals, the like really crunchy drums, the like guitar riffs that kind of sits really well between it all. Yeah, what was it like bringing the track together? Yeah, so that one actually went through a lot of changes. When I first started writing it, I started with a kind of jazzy chord progression because I I, I do lean towards kind of that sound as well, like the jazzy style. It started off with kind of a bossa nova groove, actually, um, but I was finding it a bit too just because I write and sing at the same time. I was like, this is a bit too much for the whole song. I'll make it just a fun moment later on. Um, So that was like me going complex and trying to bring it back down. Um, And when I brought it to my producer in that state, we started to add in those crunchy drums and kind of lean it towards uh, kind of more accessible, also rock style with the um, crunchy guitar riffs and um, all of that style. And then in kind of the second verse is where we have a more fun kind of bossa rhythm thing going on. So it was kind of going all over the place, but then all into <laughs> all amalgamated into the one song yeah yeah nice is that kind of how you normally bring tracks together or is it like a different kind of process for this one yeah no that usually is how I'll bring them together I'll start writing it in just by myself in my bedroom see what I come up with on the guitar that's usually how I start writing on guitar and then vocals I'll ramble some melodies and lyrics on top of it bring that to uh, the studio and then you bounce off ideas with the producer to kind of bring it to life yeah yeah, fantastic. And um, I love uh, like both singles from this year, Bless and Never Felt Better. Thank you. Um, they have this like, I feel like they, they're, they're connected in a bit in a way. Yeah. Um, obviously the titles are kind of like theming around kind of a positive outlook on life. In Definitely. General. Yeah. And then the uh, in sound as well, it's kind of like a slightly different direction to some of the earlier stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What was what was kind of like the the want to move to that like newer, newish sound? Um, yeah, I think I was kind of listening to more of the R&B that is, you know, currently playing and hearing how 
they kind of incorporate things from other genres. So I think with those two, especially, I was looking at that rock rock style genre. I was listening to Maroon 5 songs about Jane and that one definitely had a bit of an influence. I just think it's such a cool way to bring that style but then make it fun and accessible and have such a catchy hook to bring it all together and that's what I wanted with Never Felt Better and Bless and you're totally right about the positive outlook. I was reflecting on some past you know, toxic relationships, but trying to see where I am now, that looking back in hindsight and how I'm better off for it, you know? Yeah, nice. I love that that way of kind of like tapping into not a, not a great experience in the past and mm-hmm. like turning something positive yeah. from that. Yeah. Is that kind of like a, a usual way you kind of like move in with a introspection before like a songwriting process? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I will um, kind of start with Uh, I tend to start musically, actually, so I'll start with kind of developing a groove and then seeing what sits right on top of it, melodies, and then maybe if there's a lyric that catches, and then I'll reflect back and like, well, what could this relate to? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. nice. Um, And yeah, so we talked about kind of like making the music, you know, Mm -hmm. producing, but moving into like performing now. Yeah. um, How has performing been for you this year? Oh, it's been so fun. Yeah, I think that we've really just had so much more opportunities now, especially since, you know, everything that happened with COVID and stuff. But also I have just started to become more comfortable in like how I am presenting myself and how I want to present these songs in a live aspect. I formed my band around this time last year, I think. So I was doing mostly solo stuff. But now I've got my um, setup of myself on guitar and vox, bass, drums, keys. And it's been so fun to hear what I'm making in the studio and when I'm writing in my bedroom, come together with like these, <laughs> all, my, all my closest mates. And it's so much fun to be able to bring my songs to the stage with them. Yeah. Yeah, no, I imagine that would be fun. Um, did you find it like challenging at all moving from obviously just performing like by yourself to working now kind of like in a group? Yeah, I think it was it was definitely made easier because they're all pretty much my close friends. My drummer is my brother as well, so we go way back. <laughs> um, but yeah, the rest of them I knew as friends before asking them to be part of my band. So that was much easier to have that um, established relationship before moving into this like musical space where I kind of have to put my foot down, tell them what to do kind of thing. Um, but they have great musical ideas as well that um, bring a different aspect because what I think I love about the live performance versus as well what you're hearing in the production is that there's something new to be heard in the live space. So yeah, it was it was really fun. Yeah, for sure. Because like, going back to like producing Bless, um are the drums in that track like live recorded or those ones are in the studio yeah right, mm-hmm. yeah so so yeah it's been uh how is that uh, you kind of have already touched on this but mm-hmm. that process of like the live production specifically and like looking back at your whole discography and like yeah. how do we work this in now with a full band mm-hmm. how's that been it's been incredible, yeah. Uh, it does tend to happen that I have the studio version first and then I'll bring it to them. And most of the time, I actually don't really need to say much. Like, they just hear it and they're like, yeah, I know what to do here. And maybe I'll have some little notes here and there. Uh, we have started to now look at some songs that I start as a bare demo and then not have a produced version, just like bring it to a band space first. And that requires a bit more like, because I haven't 
uh, really thought about the what the rest of the instruments do there yet, like I do in the studio ones. So that one, they take a bit more agency on uh, what they would be doing in certain spots. And I really have enjoyed starting to do that more, I think, because they I know they have great musical ideas and then I can think about what they brought to the song in a live space and then in a different order then bring that to what I might record later on. Right, yeah, so it's like changing uh, kind of the way you approach making songs now as well. Yeah. Like it's a lot more collaborative. Exactly, yeah, yeah for sure. that's interesting. Um, and yeah, talking about specifically an upcoming gig, you're opening for Paolo on November that's right. 10th yeah. uh, at the, the Gasso. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how are you feeling about that one? We're feeling pretty good, yeah. I think that it's really exciting to be able to share the stage with someone that makes music in a similar style. So far, I, I have had some gigs that are that way, but most of the time I'm opening for like other local like indie rock bands and because those are what my friends are in. Um, <laughs> but and it's been so fun still being able to do those because I think it's great to you know, just expand your musical horizons to different genres and then the audience as well. They are there for, you know, the headliner as an indie rock band, but then I'm bringing just like a new style to the stage and they're definitely receptive to it. But it does feel comfortable to know that I'm coming into a gig with someone that, you know, makes similar similar style music and will it'll be just like a whole night of that that vibe, you know? Yeah, for sure. We um Marzi spoke to Paolo for Soul Food, uh probably a month ago now, yeah. I'd say, at the, the launch of his, um, like, the EP listening party. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I absolutely loved, like, a lot of his kind of opinions and stuff on the local industry and how, where he feels it's, like, sitting nowadays. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, kind of t- tying into that, because you said you, you're often opening for, like, indie rock bands. Yeah. Do you feel, like, connected to the, the R&B community here, the R&B scene in Nam? I feel like I observe it and I know about it but I don't know what to do to like get into it really I think I maybe need to be going to more of those gigs and just like find out about it I know of there's like an R&B night at Electric Bar um, R&B they do like R&B covers but I think I need to be expanding my horizons to more bands that are creating that type of music specifically for sure and the ones that I do know of are um, there's like Panya from West Melbourne. She's doing great things now. So it's great to see her expanding her horizons beyond beyond Nam. And um, she was at South by recently. I think we're all here in Melbourne trying to, you know, achieve a global status because R&B is just a bit more prevalent in those regions. Um, so, yeah, I think it is a great idea for us all to just, you know, join forces <laughs> in that common goal. Yeah, for sure. I mean, kind of following on from that, uh, you're, you're a working artist here in NARM. As mm-hmm. you said, it's uh, not as prevalent here mm-hmm. for to be like a, a R&B artist. It's yeah. like a lot of other genres kind of get a lot of preference when it comes to that kind of like industry support. Um, so yeah, how how just is it for you in general working as an R&B artist in the city here? I think, uh, well, I've I've only been here for about like two years, so I'm still very much finding my feet as an artist in general. But coming in as an R&B artist specifically, I have definitely just been on the lookout for uh, fellow artists that are doing just n- not what not the what everyone else is doing if that makes sense sure. um it's definitely been great to connect with all different types of genres the indie rock one being the most prevalent and it's been great to connect with them and just see what they're doing in terms of getting gigs and being on the same lineups as them to show this 
audience what I do and they're definitely receptive to that which has been amazing so then I can kind of rope them in show them show them what I have to offer um but finding something other than that has been um it takes effort to do that whereas the other stuff is like there like present (laughs) whereas the other thing it's like taking effort to find it among all of that yeah for sure um and like you said you've moved here like recently I moved mm-hmm. back here recently but um were you were you working like overseas in music still and like gigging or is that something like that's more recent yeah it's a bit more recent for me to do that where I was before I just moved from Texas so and I was also starting uni there I was definitely still writing in my in my dorm room just doing like a garage band production putting it on SoundCloud but I think I was still in the kind of baby stages of songwriting and wasn't I was too scared to actually perform something the desire was definitely there but I didn't quite have the confidence yet to put it put it forward yeah yeah and uh what was the I guess the music scene in general like in Texas while you were uh, studying there yeah, what I observed, um, I was living in Austin, um, so that is a pretty good live music capital. Yeah. Um, I saw lots of like indie pop there, I think. Yeah, that's what I observed. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, yeah, any artists specifically? Um, there were actually some other student artists that I saw. One, her name is Susanna Jove. Dayglow came from UT as well. So those sounds, I, I was definitely influenced by seeing it around me. Yeah, nice. And... Uh... I guess a nice tie-in because I was talking at the start of the show about how some of our presenters are away today because they just got back from South by Southwest, which uh, I think started in Austin. It did, yeah. yeah. Nice. So, yeah, obviously, like you said, huge music community there. Mm -hmm. I guess kind of like learning from that, is there anything you saw kind of traveling or just like in your opinion in general that was happening kind of overseas that the local industry could kind of learn from? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I think we're definitely starting to follow in the feet with incorporating South by Southwest and bringing it to this hemisphere. I think that's a great idea to bring in the what Australia has to offer and bring in some ones from overseas as well to kind of have a festival to, yeah, show show what we've got. Um, we are starting to, we, we have done that already with festivals like Splendor and Laneway, but as we said before, the representation of artists in the R&B soul space have not been as prevalent at those festivals, those mainstream ones, I feel. I think South By had quite a few from what I remember looking at the lineup. Um, so I think those bigger festivals could definitely take note from that um, upcoming one and, you know, put them, put them on the main stage because we, we've got a lot to offer. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a great point, actually. Um, didn't wasn't thinking about that when I was looking at the who was at South by, mm-hmm. like um, compared to like a big sound even, which yeah. is a very similar conference. Like in my opinion, it was just way more like looking at like the full diversity of the the music scene here and all mm-hmm. the sounds people are exploring rather than kind of just like looking at the pop, the genre, the popular genres and like who labels would be interested in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, that was really cool to see. Yeah. Anyway, we've got Owen coming in. <laughs> Owen's just arrived for anyone listening. Yay. He is. We're going to do this thing without any headphones. Oh, okay. Let's jump in right in. Hello. Oh, do you need a pair of headphones? <laughs> no, no. We're good. We're good. We're good. Oh, we're okay. Good. <laughs> How oh, are we? just arrived. I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. It's a bit wet out there. A little bit. A little bit wet out there. First and foremost, free power sound, free geyser. Secondly, Alicia Ray, how are we? Good, thanks. How are you? Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for Apologies having me. Apologies for my tardiness. It's been quite the day. Absolutely It's been no quite worries. the day. Quite the day. What are we going to talk about? 
Uh, we're kind of just getting towards the end of the interview, actually. Um, so we've been talking about this and that, but did you have any questions for Alicia? Um, questions less so. Maybe um, the fact that I love the Squid the Kid song that just oh, came out. thank you. Uh, Late Night Antics, fantastic. I was listening to it on the way here. I don't know if we've talked about how that's come together. We actually have not yet, so that's a good Amazing. That's a great yeah. Can we talk about how that came together? Where, where did, when did Squid and you meet? Uh, or did you meet through in future? You know, where, where did that come about? Yeah, so um, I think I came across that Triple J TikTok that a lot of people found him from where Ash yep. McGregor said, if you like Anderson Pack, blah, 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 you need to listen to Squid the Kid. And I was like, I do like this. Yes, <laughs> I'm going to chuck him a follow. So followed him on Instagram, listened to his music. And then he followed me back because I post quite a lot of my own covers and originals and music content on my page. And he basically sent me a DM that said, oh, I've, I just saw all of your content, really love your voice. I have this song that I've been working on for three years. I've been waiting for the right voice. <laughs> would you want to be on it? And I was like, Squid the Kid, um, I would love to be <laughs> on this song of yours. So, yeah, we got together with Infusia, who produced the track, and it was definitely in its uh, early stages, similar to how it was three years ago. But with, yeah, our combined forces and Fuchsia changed up some of the instrumentation and the vibe of the track. And then we took his original idea and, yeah, I sang my little thing on it. And I think you did really well with it. Thank um, you so much. I think much. it's a little bit different in terms of sonically to what you normally would produce for yourself. Yeah. Talk about trying to vibe on something so groovy and different like that compared to what you normally put out. Yeah, so um, I definitely had a lot of fun with going into that groovy vibe because it's something I listen to for sure, like mm. Keitronada, that kind of thing. Right. But it's not a space that I have found myself in, I think, because my songwriting style, which I touched on with Sammy before, mm. is quite acoustic in the beginning stages where I will start on guitar or piano and just sure. riff over that. So then going into that space it doesn't usually lend itself to that space immediately, but to be presented with a song that already had that groove, I really enjoyed just stepping into something that already existed that way. I think Squid's really great like that. And yeah. I, I think he's done it with a couple of other artists as well where they've sort of stepped into his world and sort mm -hmm. of like it works really well and it melds really well. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, I always love supporting Squid the Kid and, and Alicia Ray as well as a result. Thanks yeah, so much. for sure. And um, I feel like when he came on Soul Food uh, a while ago now, He's had very similar things to kind of say about creatively. He he likes to work really with like a tight knit group of people. Mm -hmm. He's like friends. Uh, his band is like his friends before he was really like doing music. So yeah, I feel like a lot of kind of different creative ties there as well between you and him. Definitely, yeah. No, it's been great to have that connection, and he's he's just such a nice guy. He's 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 the best. So I I've loved being able to work with him and um, being able to call him a good friend now. Yeah, fantastic. Well, Alicia, thanks so much for coming on to Soul Food. Thank you. Thank um, you so much for having me. No worries. We've got just one final question we ask everyone uh, this on Soul Food, and you kind of already answered it in different ways, but do you think Nam has a taste for R&B? I think we do, but we need to search for it more. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a great answer. Um, sweet. Well, I might pass it off to Owen to... Uh, we do a bit of a sign-off. We do a bit right. of sign-off. Okay, cool. So right. we do a bit of a sign-off here where we normally get the, the our lovely guest to, to throw throw the next song for us. So in, in this instance, all you need to do is just state the name of the song, who you are, uh, and where people are listening to. It's soul food. Okay. That's they're listening to. Gotcha. Yeah. So, and then from there, it's all it's all yours. And then we'll throw it to the song. Uh, all right. Does that sound good? Yep. Amazing. Easy. We'll uh, we'll give it to you then. Oh, wait. Before we do as well, though, I completely forgot. Where can people find you online? Oh, yes. Do that, do that first before we <laughs> so, do yeah, my name online is Alicia Ray, and it's spelled A-L-I-S-Y-A-R-A-E. 
<laughs> nice, nice. Perfect. All right, whenever you're ready. Cool. What's the next song? Do I introduce that? Yeah, Bless. let's do it. Yeah. Bless. Oh, it's my song. Yeah. Correct. Which is why we're getting you to do it. Oh, oh my gosh. She gets um, the program. <laughs> you're listening to Bless by Alicia Ray. This is Alicia Ray on Soul Food. This podcast is brought to you by Sin Media.